All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. I gotta tell you, man, I've been looking forward to this. It feels weird not doing a podcast for almost a month. We, uh, yeah, we had a, oh, um, we had, it's probably been like 24 days since our last one. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's probably been 21 days because... Because it's still Thursday. Yeah, and, 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 we, and we weeks record. are seven days. Yeah. Now, let's get into that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, let's do it. Has it ever, like, have you ever wondered if collectively the entire planet maybe lost count? Like, do you really think, like, we started counting on a Sunday, presumably. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we have kept the pattern without any, like, chinks in the system ever since then? Do you think that we've actually followed... Sunday through Saturday, Sunday through Saturday without any mess ups. You're saying you think it might actually be like Wednesday. Yeah, today. that's what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying. Sure. Well, what I'm saying is that it's probably Saturday because it certainly felt like it for the last three days. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that's totally possible. Yeah. You, you How have... good are people at get... And people were so drunk. <laughs> you know, like there's no way they You mean were... people were so drunk? The, the record keepers, I'm sure, like, you know, oh, yeah. were alcoholics or something. Because back in those days, you could have your big jug with three X's on it at the office. That's right. It was medicine. That's right. Yeah. I need it for counting. Still is, if you ask no, me. No, I count better when I drink this stuff. All right, Bruce. I'm happier. Whatever, bud. You're happier. <laughs> I'm happier until I'm not. Yeah. And then look out. <laughs> you like my Boba Fett doodle? Yeah, it was really good. Thank you. He's no good to me dead. It says next to a picture of Boba Fett. This is a, an audio, audio medium, but um, for the listener, Slaney had been getting a little bit too distracted by the notes that I would write on our in-office white, whiteboard, and so now I've doodled Star Wars characters. They were good notes, and I, I was using them as too much of a crutch. Yeah. As too much of a timeline crutch, and I apologize for that. How are you? How are your 21 days? Uh, my 21 days are good so far. Um, still on the dry quarter train. So that's good. Good. Holding strong. Holding strong. Uh, we're more than halfway there at this point. Very good. Um, you know, productivity continues on, uh, uh, continuing to, to just, you know, get shit done in general. Good. It's great. You you feel like you're being productive? A little bit. How about the Super Bowl? Were you happy about the Super Bowl? I was happy. Not to belabor it because it's old news. Tommy touchdown. Got his, uh... (laughs) Got another ring. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you got to like that. I what about when he it. tossed the trophy from one boat to the next? And was drunk. He was hammered. Um, and that's uh, quite a rarity. Uh, I thought it was cool. Uh, it was nice to see the, the old guy unwind. I mean, it was cool. And he is quite famous for being good at throwing and catching things. Yeah. It just seems like a precarious thing for anybody to do. Mm-hmm. I think he's like, he's like, I know the ins and outs of this trophy. I've won it seven times. Like, <laughs> I, I know that I can throw this trophy that far. But if he slipped or if somebody else didn't catch it properly, because he threw it, right? He didn't catch it. Well, no, yeah, he threw it. But he, it was like an underhand, like, toss but just, 10 feet but away. But just bear with me here. Like, if, <laughs> if something had happened and uh-huh. that thing, it sinks, right? It's not like hollow. Oh, that would definitely sink. It would yeah. sink fast. And how deep is that little harbor they were doing their boat parade? I don't know. I don't know if any of these things were thought of, but I'm sure like they, it wouldn't have been gone forever. Well, no, but that's my point is they, they'd have to go get it immediately because otherwise crazy Floridians are going to go try and get it. That's true. It, it also might have been like a fake trophy or something. You know how like the Stanley Cups, like there's a replica trophy. Yeah, I kind of wonder if that's the case. I always had a problem with that because like, Me too. how do you know what is the real Stanley Cup? Right. And like, it's like the days of the week. Kind of, yeah. At <laughs> we, some point, they we, probably switched these two up. Yeah, we might be dealing with the decoy now. Well, I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame as like a little kid on a family trip to Toronto. And we took our picture with the Stanley Cup. And then somebody was like, yeah, but that's not the real Stanley Cup. And I was like, what, like what the hell are we well, doing we here? we might as well be at a wax museum. Similarly, uh-huh. uh, Becky took me to the Maritime Museum of the Atlantic. Yes. Because two years ago, she promised me we could do that. And then the pandemic happened and we didn't get around to it. But it was like daytime and we were the only people in the museum. And I'd been there before, but not since I adopted a new fascination and affection for Titanic. Right. It was a fabulous Titanic exhibit. And I knew about the deck chair. Mm-hmm. They had a deck chair from Titanic, but that it was a replica. Right. And so I wasn't that psyched about it, right. but I was psyched to see that they had some original caning, which was authentic. So like the the thatch that goes into the seat of the deck chairs. Oh, okay. And then I looked a little closer and it's not a replica of it. It is a chair that was on the Titanic. So I don't know if there was a replica and they've since gotten 
um, uh, uh, They've since gotten an actual copy. Parentage of the real ship. Yeah, they 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 have a, a real they have a real uh, seat, and they've got like some <laughs> some baseboard from the grand staircase. An owner of the actual seat came in and was like, "It's adorable that you guys have this copy, yeah. but I've got a real one just sitting in the garage. Right. So if you want to go ahead, it's <laughs> by it. my pool. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy. We're gonna give it to you. You guys really care about this. My point is, replicas are no good. <laughs> That's what they said in Blade Runner. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, we're going now. We're, we're deep. We're firing we're on firing. all cylinders. That's football. Moving on to the <laughs> Golden Globe nominations, which happened a long time ago, but we should probably talk about at least the bad ones. Yeah, which there were a lot of. Well, there were some good ones too. You know, your promising young women's, your yep. your the crowns, mm-hmm. your Manx, mm-hmm. um, your Shits Creeks. They got sure. their essential nominations, but just for the ones that are questionable. Hamilton for best motion picture comedy musical and also Lin-Manuel for best actor in a comedy right I mean nobody loves that shit more than me but we're given this thing Golden Globes it was made six years ago they're stretching yeah yeah it's ridiculous I think so too ridiculous uh music the Sia movie which no one has heard of except for the critics who saw it and hated it this was nominated yeah it's nominated for best comedy is it like out now I don't know, but it just like increasingly more critics are able to see it and everyone pans it. It makes no sense that it got nominated. Right. And it's called Music, which is the worst title I've ever heard. Yes. Have you heard her interviewed anywhere about no. stuff? No. She's kind of a fascinating character. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Tim Ferriss interview with her, which mm. is, I'd implore you to listen to it because if nothing else, you'd come out at the end going, that was an original hour of content. She's a very strange person. I think she adopted some adults last year. She did. Yeah. She talks about it. Okay. And she's, she's like, yeah, you know, I adopted my kids. And, uh, and I was like, then she eventually gets to the part where they're like 18 or 19 or 20. I'm like, okay, so you adopted people that were, they were former orphans, but you just wanted them to like have a mother. Right, which is nice. Yeah, it's a great sentiment. Every year on Survivor, Sia gives $100,000 cash to her favorite contestant. Not true. It's a true thing. They call it the Sia Prize now. And it started out like this official thing. And now they just like kind of toss it out there in the reunion they're like oh and by the way uh sia liked you know barry best and so he gets 100 grand oh my god this might not age well but i love sia yeah i, I like sia amazing. too no I, I like sia too i just think her movie's not very good yeah and i haven't seen it myself i just heard it's not very right. good <laughs> music yeah i hear it makes the people come together i have heard that too mm-hmm. maybe you should write movies <laughs> uh, madonna glenn close is just chasing that academy award and i don't think she's gonna, gonna get nominated for that but she is nominated for best actress in hillbilly she's elegy glenn relatively distant <sighs> i yeah well she came close a couple years ago she came glenn close with the wife right which was not a very good movie nope. and she was fine in it i guess but it was it was just a a bald-faced attempt at getting a trophy which frankly she's overdue for mm-hmm. but why should you get it for a hillbilly elegy yeah which also has amy adams get it for 101 dalmatians don't be stupid academy <laughs> okay well that's jumping the gun a little bit but we might as well talk about cruella i just heard about this yeah so emma stone as cruella Deville, a prequel yes it's an origin story <laughs> this is unnecessary well joker for thank you that's exactly what I said when I watched it. This is just Disney making their Joker movie. I think they, the parents really shot themselves in the foot when they named their daughter Cruella. Yeah. I think that's where it should yeah. start. Mr. and Mrs. DeVille. Right. Yeah. Named their daughter Cruella. I don't know. I think maybe she adopts that name. There's a thing in the in the trailer where she's like, who am I? I'm Cruella. <laughs> Before she was just Christine. Yeah. <laughs> Trish. Yeah. Trish DeVille. I think it's, I tweeted this yesterday. I think it's like a very bold move to try and create sympathy around a character whose main thing is she's mean to dogs, which is like the yeah. one thing you can't do. You can't totally. get away with being mean to dogs. Totally. We Yeah, we we had don't fuck with cats. We haven't even entered dog territory, which is like sacred. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you, uh, I think the only reason. Disney that, will go there. Disney, you're Disney right. Disney goes there. With their track record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, new WandaVision. New WandaVision. Um, have I'm, you, have I'm you up s- on WandaVision. Is ha- that what you're asking? Have you seen the trailer for the the latest one? They're doing a modern family They're milieu. Doing a modern family. Yep. What, how are you feeling about WandaVision right now? I feel the same as when we last talked about it. I think it's really good and I think it's increasingly interesting. Mm-hmm. I like the Marvel stuff as much as I like the sitcom stuff. 
Yeah. Um, I love the Malcolm in the Middle episode. Absolutely. That was fantastic. I find like I find what? it interesting that she's becoming like the main villain or, or like grief is the main villain of WandaVision or something. Uh, yeah. I like the show. I just wish that I could binge it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, and I have talked to some people who are lucky enough to like have not gotten into it yet. And I'm mm. like, oh man, I'm so jealous. I said the same thing to my friend Michael this morning. He said he hasn't gotten into it yet. I said, then wait three weeks. Is tomorrow the final? Ep- no, it's four weeks from now. Oh, I don't know. It's soon. It's coming up. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm liking it though. And then Falcon and the Winter Soldier has to be close after, but I don't even think they've given a start date for that. I don't know. I don't know that they have, and I don't think it's that soon. I think it'll be six months. Six months. They're still airing promos all the time. Well, they did during the Super Bowl. No, they they did the other day. Is it <laughs> is it a new trailer? No, but still, the fact that it's getting airtime at all, six months out. I mean, I guess I think they they wanted to premiere it during the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that was good eyeballs. Mm-hmm. It looks good. I mean, it looks like they're they're allotting their budget very differently from One Division. Yeah, which to be fair, occasionally has had some expensive shots, but still doesn't look like twenty five million per episode. No, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier looks like it. Looks more like an Avengers right. movie. Or Mandalorian, for that matter. How much did Mandalorian cost? I think the first season was 10 per episode, and I'm sure they went up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as they came back for season two, they had the whole thing with the Crate Dragon and Timothy Oliphant. That was an expensive episode. I was talking to someone today about uh, Mandalorian, and they were like, oh, I just finished season two. It was awesome. I was like, so what did you think about Luke? And he went, Luke, Luke. Come on. Remind me of... of Luke again I was like the like the end you know like you like probably like the most famous movie character of all time he was like oh yeah Luke and he's like and he, he like mentioned a couple other things he's like and I like Obi-Wan oh my god it just blew my mind and I was like have you not seen this and you're trying to convince yeah, this me this sounds like did? Jimmy Kimmel's lie witness news yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I think I'm gonna approach him again about it because it can't be I need to ask him about specific elements to really pick his brain on it as long as we're talking about we're all over the map here we're going to come back to the golden gloves in a second but as, oh, okay. as long as we're uh talking about uh the avengers mm-hmm. how about joss whedon yeah kind of getting canceled yes for being a joss meanie yeah yeah for being a bad boss mm-hmm. for being not a very nice guy most of it's circling around buffy the vampire slayer stuff mm-hmm. i think a, 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 a i think pr- it's all well that. yeah maybe I, like we we actually don't talk about him making avengers movies very much that kind of is a thing we just like um glaze over for some reason even yeah. though he made the first two and the first avengers movies awesome and age of ultron was pretty bad well and paul bettany recently has kind of given it up to him being like he was the one who called me when you know yeah, that was Hollywood bad timing told, yeah was, it was very bad timing. it was pretty bad timing good too. timing if you're joss i guess but he's not gonna be able to rest on that no i don't think he's gonna be able to work too he much he needs mark ruffalo coming in for him yeah no mark ruffalo will not do that mark nah. ruffalo is so happy to say the woke thing yes and by the way I don't, I don't mean that like derogatorily like mm-hmm. i think i think he has his head on straight mm-hmm. but like some troubling stuff i don't know if you heard about like this new reveal that michelle trachtenberg from from buffy wasn't allowed to be in the same room with joss whedon like they weren't allowed to be alone together after some unspecific incident Ooh, which yeah, is kind of creepy that's gross sarah michelle geller she kind of half-assed the comment which you almost expect at this point. I you? guess. I don't know anything about her. I don't have any feelings about her. But she basically was like, I stand with survivors, but stop asking me. Leave me alone. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I stand with survivors and I respect respect them. And I'm not going to necessarily stand with Joss Whedon. But uh, that's all. That's all I'm going to say on the subject. Yeah. That's pretty much what she went for. Yeah. That's one of the uh, cancellations we had uh, since our last podcast. Um, we also had, we got a few of them here. Uh, well, Mandalorian, Gina Carano. Yes. Yeah, that was a big one. She's kaput. Such a no-brainer on that one. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And she's had a, a bit of a track record at this point. This was not an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Army Hammer severed from representation. He might have a, a tough time clawing his way back. Yeah. Which I kind of think was maybe jumping the gun. I don't know what how checkered his history is, but like we talked about that with lots of jest. Yeah. No one has accused him of abuse. No, he hasn't eaten anyone as far as we know. <laughs> not yeah, not literally. It just seems like this could have gone away if he if he was quiet for a year. Mm-hmm. He could have been in movies again, but now it's going to be tougher. And Marilyn Manson got canceled for sure. He's he's oh, done for. Oh, yeah. I I loved the Reddit comment that said it's always the people you most medium expect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's so 
like he he is a guy who was for years very um very upfront about how obsessed he was with cocaine and like any yeah. interview any long form interview that you read with him it's like and he's certainly into like the hardcore party lifestyle like I, I don't think that this guy's maintaining uh you know a, a squeaky clean facade allegedly he's he would like, he would tell women that he had a room in his house called the rape room yeah phoebe bridgers tweeted about it oh okay and was like so fuck that guy and also like the label knew about it yeah yeah and also i don't think his music is good i know some people love no. his music but i just never understood what was to like about his music no of course <laughs> not no that's a great point too yeah. like we all know like two songs by marilyn manson Why i'm not even he... sure i do like what, what were his two big songs i guess like the beautiful people yes and, okay yeah uh, I, yeah i honestly i can't even i could name more like rob zombie songs sure. than marilyn manson he seems to have been an okay guy yeah. Rob Zombie? Yeah, Great. Rob Zombie. So we're good. We're fine. <laughs> Not to worry. Um, the Weakest Link. So the Weakest Link's Ann Robinson, the original mm-hmm. host, taking some flack right now. Uh, she's She's got a new job. I guess this is why she's going to host a new game, new game show called Countdown. And these clips are circulating where she's berating contestants on The Weakest Link for being on uh, like assisted living, for being on like like social like insurance. Oh, okay. Uh, just like being a snob because that was kind of her thing, but it's really not aging well because no. it's like, what a horrible thing to do. And so we're in the middle of this interesting reckoning period where TV hosts old clips because they spent <laughs> hundreds of hours of television uh, being, you know, all sorts of different colors towards people. Yeah. These clips are resurfacing. We've got one with uh, David Letterman being pretty unfair to Lindsay Lohan in in her peak. Whoa. Okay. I don't know about this. Um. Well, it's all connected to, and, and I guess the main one I'm talking about, the one I'm building to, is Diane Sawyer interviewing uh, Britney Spears when she's 18 years old. Sure. Um, and so it's all kind of built around the Britney discourse, okay. with the release of this this documentary. Which I haven't seen yet, have you? I haven't seen it, and I don't know that I need to, because uh, okay. it sounds really depressing, mm-hmm. and I don't really need to be told that, that Britney was mistreated and is, in fact, one of the great performers of her generation. Right. Um, but it is interesting, because I, as much as many people you know, participated in uh, a conversation of judgment around people like Britney, whether if it's not her specifically, although probably was, if I'm being honest, um, certainly the Lindsay Lohans, um, uh, Amanda Bynes just a few years ago, like like completely had her life, like had her brain scrambled by, by fame and, and paparazzi. Um, And so it's interesting now that suddenly there's uh, among some people, uh, a sort of retroactive empathy and among mm-hmm. other people, uh, what are you talking about? I always felt this way. Well, I think, didn't we learn about Amanda Bynes that she was like schizophrenic? I'm sure it, it yeah, didn't yeah. do any, do any favors that she was like, you know, cast in the limelight for, you know, exactly. Fame did not help her. Well, and two other but. examples of people who are deeply, uh, um, complicated and problematic are, mm-hmm. uh, Shia LaBeouf, right. who is a problematic person and, you know, is a great artist, but you know, probably was not set up to have a very happy life from the get-go. I'm not making excuses for his um, misgivings, but... You've seen Honey Boy. I saw Honey Boy. And the, an even better example of that is Michael Jackson. This guy this guy could never not have been fucked up. Right. And that's true of, of Britney Spears as well. Mm-hmm. And then there, there kind of came a, uh, uh, a coup against Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And he had to step up and apologize. I mean, I, I kind of see that one both ways because he did owe her an apology. You know, he, he definitely like, he's like, he benefited from the getting to be the guy of it all who could just like walk away, wipe his hands and say, yeah, we, we weren't actually virgins. Ha ha ha. And I get to be right. the most famous guy in the world. But also I just think that there are like bigger fish to fry yeah. in the situation. Sure. Sure. I, and I, as far as the Crimea river part of it goes, like, I don't know how, f- I guess he was still very famous when he made that song, but it oh, was yeah. more like the video that yeah. I think tipped everything off. He could have made that song a million different ways and it would have never been. A, the video a was so on the nose. Yeah. I mean, it was trying to be, I guess. Right. Yeah. I forgot about the Crimea River video. <laughs> yeah. You're right. It was really on the nose. Yeah. He's kind of like Matrix dancing through and like kicking stuff. And there's a Britney lookalike in it. Like yeah. wearing a hat on the side and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The hat was very Britney. It, yeah. Say, that's too. what they yeah. were going for. It was a full denim suit. And are you aware of the Diane Sawyer interview? This is kind of like. No. The, what does she say to Britney in this interview? It's really troubling. Like important newswoman Diane Sawyer is interviewing Britney Spears post 
Timberlake breakup oh, and no. asking her about her virginity and her breasts and like why she broke Justin's heart. And it's just completely biased and and it villainizes this 18 year old girl right. who was, you know. And she was only 18 at the time. How old was she when she started getting famous? Like when was Oops, I Did It Again? Or Hit Me Baby One More Time, I guess, was the first one. That's a good question. This is wh- this is where we really need a um, uh, Jade explains a thing because there's no bigger Britney fan in the world. So no so, way. So there's an invitation for her. Please, um, Jade. I mean, she probably would have been like hope. like 15 or 16. There was uh, Mickey Mouse Club before that. Mm-hmm. M- MMC. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, she had been famous for a while, and she's 18, 19. Yeah. Saw Palmer. Side note about oh, Justin interesting. Timberlake. What led you to see Palmer? Yeah, a lack of other things to watch because it doesn't look like it's going to be great. No, okay, it, it didn't at the time either. It was just kind of like, you want to watch this? Is it Oscar bait? JT movie? I don't think so. No, no. It was a trying. Juno Temple's in it. Okay, she plays like a meth head. She's good. She's very good. Yeah, but it's just such a crazy turn because we just finished Ted Lasso. Mm. I watched it with Jen. And oh yeah, she's in that. Yeah, she's right. like the main person in it. She, and she's popping up everywhere now. She's in that show, oh Little God. Birds. Oh, okay. Too. That's the the one with, um, shoot, who's, How, the, who's the movie star who's in that? Doesn't matter. I'm sure. How old yeah. do you think Juno Temple is? Uh, let's say 28. She's born like 10 days after me. No way. I thought I thought she was older than me. She's been around a while. She was in that show, uh, Dirty John, that I liked so much. Oh, she was right? maybe actually stole the show, other than Eric Bana, who was really great. Okay, there. yeah, I'm a big Juno Temple fan now. Yeah, she's very cool. Love that. <clears throat> Let's talk about some things we've seen because we both watched all kinds of stuff. I watched The Dig. Yeah, what is that? Uh, is that a movie? It's on Netflix. It's a movie with Ray Fiennes and Carey Mulligan. Okay, interesting that she oh. has another movie out right now. Yeah. Um, and who else is in it? Someone else is quite good. Lily James is in it. Honestly, The Dig is pretty good. Like you don't go in expecting too much. It's like a a, a sweet little movie, kind of a feel good period piece mm-hmm. based on a true story. Okay, I really liked the dig. I thought it was kind of nice. Uh, and I watched Malcolm and Marie. Malcolm and oh right, yes, you very much. I didn't like it. Did not like. it. I didn't really like it that much. I I I kind of thought I was enjoying it more as I watched it, and when it was over, I was like, that, I feel like Damn. that that insulted my intelligence. Mm-hmm. That movie. It was so pretentious. Yeah, and I like John David Washington a lot. I like Zendaya a lot of guests. Yeah. I also just watched The Greatest Showman for the first time. She's in that. Actually a very good movie. Yeah, I figured you would like The Greatest Showman. It's kind of weird that I hadn't seen it. Yeah. And I spent so much time on TikTok at one day. I was just like, Becky, I think we should probably watch this movie. Yeah. And she's like, you're right. What is it on? Uh, Prime maybe? Something. Okay. I didn't pay for it. Okay. So I definitely streamed it Fan somewhere. Streaming anyway, so I like Zendaya. The script is like, I, I, I like that the dialogue is witty mm-hmm. and I like that they're talking about popular culture so much right but it's just the the writer like coughing up his every little thought about popular culture and all of the all of his bitterness about about press it's a big it's a big movie about uh movie press are they pulling any punches with uh or not pulling any punches with regards to pop culture is there one point where they're like britney spears is bullshit (laughs) i just say britney spears it's not it's not so much that it's um so the whole thing is is built around it's these he's like a a movie director mm-hmm. and she's his girl his doting girlfriend mm-hmm. and they've come home from the premiere and already she's mad at him and it takes you a little while to figure out why but what you arrive at is that he forgot to thank her at the premiere gotcha and so it kind of is their avenue into all sorts of fights that they've been overdue having mm-hmm. and he's a absolute malignant narcissist right and she has a host of issues as well. Mm-hmm. And so they're just not very nice to each other for two hours. Gotcha. Uh, and in and around there, he's very pretentious about what cinema has become. I see. I see. And I guess the writer of the movie, who's the creator of uh, Euphoria too, that's why it's Zendaya. Right. Um, I guess he had a bit of a tiff with a critic at one point, and this is pretty uh, blatantly a, a riff on that. Gotcha. Um, I watched... Uh, Warrior. Okay. So it's like one of Tom Hardy's first movies. Hmm. Nick Nolte, Tom Hardy, and I think that's pretty much it from 2011. Uh, and it is a UFC centric movie. Okay. But man, it is a, it ends with like a national song to give you an idea of All right. like the tone of the movie. Right. It's so good. So it's not like a really macho movie. 
in like a broy kind of way. No, it's not a Michael Bay movie. No, 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 no. But but you could see how people would get drawn into it. But yeah. I I uh, I actually really. I thought it was very counter to it was like the anti Rocky movie. But how many like sensitive movies are there now about fighters? Oh yeah, like none. And even the No, lots of them. Like starting with Rocky and there's the one with Christian Bale and there's the one with Mickey Rourke. There's like this seems well, to be a reoccurring genre is the sensitive movie about about fighters. And I haven't seen this movie you're talking about, but there's yeah. a national song in it, so there's an element of sensitivity to it. Definitely. Well, it's by the same guy who did The Way Back, which we ended up watching mm, too. I love The Way Back. The Way Back was great. Yeah. And it in a similar style, similar turns where, you know, it's not it's not all tied up in a bow at the end. Yes, true. You know, not to give anything away, but you feel better at the end yeah. of, the, of The Way Back. And thank God. Totally. Yes. Yes, very true. Um, and yeah, it's much is the same with this movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the way back was the last movie I saw in theaters. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't even remember the last movie I saw in theaters. He's fabulous in that movie. He's and, very good. And it's so interesting because, um, I heard a really good podcast one time about how nobody has, uh, better self-awareness than Ben Affleck. And I've been very keen about that ever since. And a really great example is this recent press thing where he's been leaning into the look at all my Dunkin' Donuts cups and I can't manage all the things I'm trying to carry at once thing. There's all these like like pap- paparazzi shots of uh, Ben Affleck trying to carry too many things, including a Dunkin' Donuts cup. I've heard of this. So is, is this is a recent uh, craze. So there were a few of them, and basically okay. the joke is just like, look how overwhelmed Ben Affleck is. It's a really silly thing to mock somebody for. But then he was clearly staging them afterward too. It would get so that he'd like be carrying stuff that like nobody would be carrying. (laughs) And a a Dunkin' Donuts cup, like filing cabinet and also like a teddy bear and a Dunkin' Donuts cup. That is hilarious. It was really funny. And so like, this is another example of Ben Affleck having a lot of self-awareness about who he is to the, the greater culture. And I think... I, th- I think I heard this on The Ringer, and I think it was Sean Fennessy talking about how uh, the best example of that is Gone Girl, mm-hmm. which is a movie about uh, publicly being shamed mm-hmm. for this like craziness that is within your life, and how that like he's kind of just like meta playing Ben Affleck in that movie, right? Uh, and in a way, in the way back, he's not playing a famous guy at all; he's playing like a loser schlub. But like he is completely drawing on his his like lowest truths, right? As right. like a uh, alcoholic who has like lost control of his family. Yeah. And that's clearly why that movie mattered to him. It's not just a, that's what I'm trying to say is he's a great artist. Right. Because he's not just doing this shit to, to be in the limelight or no. to be famous or to make money. He's like, he's really in it. There was a, a Casey Affleck uh, interview that I listened to recently. That was also very good. Are you um, going to, are you going to watch our friend? I've been look yeah. It, although it's it's all just for rental right yeah, now. Yeah, costs a bunch of money. So it also looks like a drag. It doesn't look like that. Like, I don't know much about it. I know the story. I haven't seen the trailer. I've seen the picture on the front. Yeah, and that's that's about it. I've heard I mean, Jason Siegel do some press too. Yeah, he was on Armchair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he just plays a like a, a guy who moves in with his two best friends because she has cancer. Right. And you can kind of see where that's going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I will watch that. I feel I, like I I'm a, I feel like I like Casey Affleck. Is that wrong for me to say? Yeah, you're not supposed to like him. You're not Casey supposed to like really Casey supposed Affleck. To like, I mean, it's okay to like him as an actor because he's a good one. Because someone came out about, was it an abuse thing? Yeah, I think he, well, I just think he was um, unkind to a few women. I see. During, I forget which shoot. Gotcha. Um, but he has since won an Academy Award. It's not like he won the the Oscar first. Right. And like you said, he's a good actor. So yeah. it's just kind of where where you choose to draw the line. Interesting. I like Dakota Johnson a lot. Is she, and she's in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because she called out Ellen. That's why you like her. Well, that didn't hurt. <laughs> that was a big bonus. That didn't hurt. I watched Emma, which is nominated for Golden Globes. Okay. It's the Jane Austen thing. And it's right. Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy. So she's nominated for Queen's Gambit and for Emma. Whoa. I thought Emma was okay. Like what I'm, I'm watching Emma and I'm, I'm realizing, yeah, this is, this is clueless and I don't know Emma, but mm. I do know clueless. Okay. And I didn't really realize how Emma clueless was. Okay. <laughs> very much. I was like, I know at the end that she's going to end up with Mr. Kinsley because, because I know clueless. Yeah. I know clueless. She ends up with Paul Rudd. Right. 
Interesting. Yeah. Still haven't watched Clueless. Should do that. That's that's crazy to me. It seems uh, like a movie you would have seen several times. It's very it's, it's a on, very Matt Slaney movie. I don't think it's on any platform. No, it is. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. If not Netflix or Prime, then maybe both, because I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. If I text you this weekend and say like I need something to watch, you make sure you say Clueless. Okay, but you never do that. I need something. You never ask me for recommendations. Well, no, I think it's because I put that pressure on myself and I need to start leaning on you a little heavier. <laughs> You're right. I really need to pull my weight in this friendship. That, that's right. I watched Casablanca. Yeah. What did you think of that? I thought it was great. It was a good watch. Have you seen it? I've not watched it all the way now. It's great. It's it's like a movie that could be made now. Because conversely, I watched Vertigo. Yeah. We both watched some this, criteria. This is so us, by the way. This like, is I, was, such a... I was thinking about the times that we've uh, recommended each other things. We forced each other to watch. You, for you, me, it was Pulp Fiction and HBO's Watchmen. Yeah, and Goodfellas. Yeah, I made you watch When Harry Met Sally, Notting Hill, and Normal People. That's right. So, like, there's a real. Um, <laughs> so it makes so perfect sense that I would I would put on Casablanca. And, and, and you Vertigo. And Vertigo sounds intense, and it was like a Hitchcock movie. Um, and it's like widely regarded as like you know one of the top three films of all time, mm. but it landed a little flat for me. And I think it's one of those cases where I think if you expected top three films of all time, you were setting yourself up for. I think that's why. And and I got it from Letterboxd. A guy yeah. had like a thousand best movies. Uh, yeah. and Citizen Kane was like the first, which we knew. And then uh, I was like, oh, I wonder if I because we know Citizen Kane isn't on these platforms right now, but. I wonder if Vertigo is. Mm. Check. Boom. It was. And I'm like, do I really want to settle in on a Sunday night where I have Monday off and do a Vertigo watch? And I just thought, sure. So I watched Vertigo. Um, and I don't know if it's because I'm kind of like familiar with some of the tropes used or it's maybe even been like almost like pastiched to a certain point. Yeah. Where it was it like. It felt like a cliche when in fact it invented those things. And, and by the time it ends, you're like, oh, Although I did have, it was one of those things where I like continued thinking about it after the fact. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what that certain thing meant. But it certainly wasn't um, like I was waiting for like a huge payoff. Okay. And it didn't quite happen for me. Was it scary? No. Oh. No. Was it meant to be scary? I don't think so. I think it's meant to be like a psychological thriller. Yeah, like a mind fuck. Yeah. But it's, I mean, they worked, they were working with what they had at the time. Like, right. There's a whole dream sequence where he's having this like very bad dream that like at the time it would have been very trippy. And I respected that. I'm like, okay, this part is kind of cool. I, I like that they're doing this, but overall plot and ending, mm. I was kind of like, huh. See, that's the opposite of how I felt about Casablanca. And they were also restricted to what they had at the time. But the thing is just a play. It's just, right. you know, a, a love triangle set at this, you know, little gin joint in, mm -hmm. in France. Yeah. And so... It's not hard to pull that off no matter when you're producing it and they yeah. can almost do it again. I'm almost surprised it's not a more successful play, in fact. That's right. And I was thinking that Vertigo could be a play. Is that right? It, like it does not need any, there's no real action sequence or anything. It'd just be a bunch of different sets. And there's rarely more than three people in a scene together. Remember that time you came out uh, against Vertigo really hard on the podcast? <laughs> not even, <laughs> not even against it. And no. I, 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 listen, on my letterboxd review, I would give it like out of five stars, I'd give it three. Okay. I just wouldn't How come we're not letterboxed friends? I don't know how to be, even be a letterboxd friend. Me I either. I went through okay, good. <laughs> I went through, I made thirty five uh star reviews okay. and I haven't really been on there since, except oh. to like the other day. To it's check a pretty movies. fun forum. I've logged almost nine hundred movies and even written a couple reviews. This is incredible. Because I'm an asshole. <laughs> this is incredible. We'll link it up. So, yeah, I don't know what to search. I don't know how to find you. I've searched DJ Colin Sweets like twice, and it's like movies about I, well, DJs. Well, you know what? I made, <laughs> I made the mistake of just uh, making up a dumb username rather than using DJ Colin Sweets, which I should have done. Right. And so I'm probably not findable. Mia's dad, 420. <laughs> Something dumb like that. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Anyway, we'll, we'll figure that out. Um, a couple more things. Well, let's finish talking about the Golden Globes. Okay. Um, to the extent that we have already. Oh, this is crazy. Uh ratchet got nominated for best tv series and sarah paulson for best actress yeah we were so done with that i i talked to jen about that and jen was like ratchet we sucked we created a no more ryan murphy policy on this podcast because yeah. of ratchet it, that's very true <laughs> that's very true and i almost want to say shonda rhimes you're next but i can't because i think 
she's like a, a classier version yeah. of, of Ryan Murphy. I think Ryan Murphy has made good stuff. I'm just tired of it yeah. at this point. And, and similarly, The Prom got nominated with uh, James Corden, which f- famously that was like offensive to people yeah. that he's doing this character. And like nobody talked about either The Prom or Ratchet this year. So like why it's you're not doing this because of buzz. No, no. But I I do think that it's it's part of the, like the media machine. Yeah. Like you know the the teams of James Corden really working to get the wheels turning in in the Hollywood Foreign Press or who is it that it is the Hollywood Foreign Press? The, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like eighty eight old guys, right? And Al Pacino for Hunters. Remember for Hunters, Hunters? Yeah. again. Nobody liked that. <laughs> no. Nobody asked him to play a Jewish Nazi killer. No, it's very true. And Emily in Paris. You're right. That one was the yeah, best TV series that, in Lily Collins. That one was the one where I think you tweeted life really is meaningless. Yeah. I, the thing is part of me kind of thinks Lily Collins deserves it mm-hmm. because she's so, she is so present in that show. Like, <laughs> yeah. like she is, she is not throwing it away. She no. is willing to work for that show. Yeah. But the show blows. The show's bad. The show's so bad. Can I talk about how um, I th- I think the same thing kind of about Bridgerton, but I, I guess there's like a little more class to Bridgerton. And that's twice now you called Shonda Rhimes classy. I, that's, that's right. That's her show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jen has now watched Bridgerton three times. Oh dang! <laughs> three times. Oh my god. She was not really into the first watch. Uh-huh. She got convinced to watch another episode and was like. Like even four episodes in, she's like, I'm like not, I was like super lukewarm on it. I ended up watching it three times all the whole series, three times, the whole series, three times. Betty watched it all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously very popular. People like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's mainly, she said she really likes a guy who's hosting SNL this week. Uh, oh yeah. Reggae Jean. Right. The bare butt. She likes his bare butt. She likes Reggae Jean's bare butt. Right. That she thinks Reggae Jean's bare butt should be nominated for best actor. Can I just say it's fine to like ride the wave of your fame, but it's too early for you to host SNL. I thought so too. My I'm like, God. whoa, is he actually like? Let's a... slow our roll here. If he if he plays James Bond, then we can hook him up. They must have had a tough week though for for finding talent or something. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Regina King was uh, awesome. Yeah, she was great. She was so into like. Like she came to play. Oh my god! The uh, wooden sign sketch was one of my favorite sketches of the year with Aidy Bryant, where they're all about how she drinks too much. Oh yes, I yeah, that friggin' loved that. That was sketch. amazing. Yeah. There were like fold down ones. And yeah, they'd keep handing her signs. <laughs> Honestly, this whole stretch of episodes has been good. Krasinski was good. Dan Levy was good. Yep. And Regina King was good. Yeah, she was. She was like super willing to embarrass herself. That's what I like the most. Totally. The gorilla glue thing and the the uh, the nerd. <laughs> The cringy white dude dating oh, show. Oh, yeah. That was great. That was so good. My Actually, she was my favorite part of the Wooden Sign sketch because every single time she said, this one's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Really good. Really excellent. Well, that's all I have about the about the Golden Globes. They're cool. going to be stupid. They're going to be dumb. Who's hosting? Uh, Tina and Amy. But from, from like opposite sides of the country, it's all going to be Zoomified. Okay. All right. Well, we've talked about most of it. Dustin Diamond died. <laughs> it's going to be all... Diane Sawyer and David Letterman berating children. Probably. Probably. Dustin Diamond died. Rush Limbaugh died. Christopher Plummer died. Yeah. It's kind of a shame I gave Christopher Plummer third billing in that list. That is uh, that is unfortunate. <laughs> I, I saw on Twitter that uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh was, was trending and right below it, Rest in Piss was trending. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen a, a famous person's death so uh celebrated i don't think right sometimes people who are like a little ballsier will be willing to say something kind of irreverent there was just no holds barred on twitter (laughs) yesterday went crazy yeah (laughs) is he the first like asshole to die no of course not (laughs) but it's the first time people have so openly celebrated the death of an asshole right because he was an asshole he's such an asshole there was just no no stopping that yeah yeah it's true but Dustin Diamond, he that's kind of a sad story, no matter how, that how you cut it. And and Christopher Plummer, who's a legend, like that was still a bummer. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Definitely. I more just, so. There's a there's a new thing that's happened because a lot of legends have a lot of like 90-year-old legends have died in the last year. Yeah. And I've caught myself uh protecting Becky from the news. What? So I, I did it with Christopher Plummer. It was the day that we went to the uh, Maritime Museum. I like saw it on my phone. 
before we went into the museum. Went, <gasps> and I was like, oh no. And I decided not to tell Becky <laughs> until later. I did the same thing with Alex Trebek. She's like, hey, Colin, what do you think about this uh, maritime knot over here? And you're like, I don't know, <laughs> Becky. Like, isn't it all just, uh, I got something to tell you. <laughs> Christopher Plummer, he's dead. What? Yeah, I'm not sure I, I get the connection. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a sound of music pun, but it's not coming to me. Yeah. Um. Well, anyways. And they're making a Redwall movie slash TV series at Netflix, which does not interest a lot of people. No. But it interests me. That's cool. Well, maybe we can... Oh, it's a movie? Movie first, then a TV series. <laughs> that seems like too much Redwall content. Like, maybe do one first. I read a really great piece uh, by Dana Schwartz this week. Uh, trying to figure out whether Redwall Abbey is mouse-sized or human-sized because it's this like epic adventure series about like mice and badgers and stuff. Okay. And they all live in this uh, magical church in the woods called Redwall Abbey. <clears throat> oh, okay. And it's not clear in the books if it's like an abandoned church that mice live in or if it's a little church that's the size of mice. And she wrote a whole article. Yeah, about it was this. fantastic. Was it funny? Yeah, she really dug okay. in. Nice. Yeah. Who is Dana Schwartz? So very I... very funny Twitter person. You've okay. seen her tweets. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um well hey. That was entertainment talk on the show show with Sweets and so Now we should talk about some shows. Let's do it. Okay. Uh which one would you like to recap? You know what? I think I will go ahead and recap. Oh, I'm definitely gonna recap Keenan. Yeah, that's the one to do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You recap Keenan, which is the pilot episode starring mm-hmm. Keenan. And I've seen all of Hotel Cecil. Oh, the whole thing? So I, I would get confused. Yeah. That's fine. I'm not going to watch more. I want you to just tell me everything Great. When, when we get to talking about let's that. But let, let's get Keenan out of the way first. You have 30 seconds to recap that pilot in three, two, one, go. Keenan is a morning show ho- uh, talk show host uh, with uh, two daughters and a family. The mother, unfortunately, has recently passed, I believe like a year ago. Uh, he is still trucking along, but doesn't like to talk about it with anyone, including on air. Um, he gets himself into some hot water, actually being overprotective when he finally does let his guard down, uh, but realizes it's best for everyone if uh, he starts to become a little bit more comfortable talking about it, especially with his family. Right. Did that seem like, did that's, I miss any no, people? Like, I think he, that's he, good. He gets in trouble for kind of freaking out on well, on a lady. Okay, and, yes. On television, he has a bit of a rant yeah. wherein he like ranks... Um, stay-at-home moms and right. like working moms and for some reason 9-11 first responders and then starts talking about like c-sections versus was it me or was am i an girls. asshole or was his rant not offensive at all it didn't no, need I, a public apology yeah i don't think so i i think it was like very clear i think he was like kind of apologizing in the moment can we agree that this is the show that we really didn't want to not like Sure. I, I would have loved to like the show. Yeah. Yeah. But we definitely both didn't like the show. No, not only did I not like this show, I think it's genuinely impossible for anyone to like this show. Yeah. And there's no way anyone who works on this show thinks it's good. I caught the end of Young Rock right before the show yeah. accidentally just because I was like, oh, I'll just watch it live. And I got to say, I think Young Rock is going to be kind of a delight. Great. Like kind of like, oh, wow, they hired like 30 rock writers for young rock right well we'll do that next week yes so we're in on that um yeah i you're right i wanted to like keenan the pedigree is there you know and what's interesting is like keenan didn't create the show it's the from the writers and creators of happy endings which Mm. most people agree is genuinely funny and in a way i can't believe it's the same creators and in another way it's actually a similar similar comedic sensibility it just didn't jive with these people no it just didn't go together chris red is in it he's like but is Chris Redd a good actor? Well, I don't know. He was funny in he's he's funny in like Popstar. Oh yeah, he is funny in Popstar. I forgot you know? he was in that. Yeah. yeah. Um I mean he's funny on SNL too, but this had me questioning whether or not he has any tricks beyond the uh the bulging eyes thing that he does. Because he does it in this. That's true. And Don Johnson is very annoying in this show. He's his father in law. I think they need to figure that out a little bit. Yeah. Like, is he like a clueless father-in-law? Is he like an annoying father-in-law? Is he's he certainly the father-in-law? Not, he's certainly not a sad father-in-law whose daughter just died. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> he's like, guys, let's eat cake. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it, it is a show about 
you're right. It's it, it, he's like a widower. I don't know why they did that because like he's basically playing himself, right? Yeah. Instead of SNL, he's he hosts a morning talk show, but he used to be on a sitcom and he's written self help books. And his name is Keenan. Like there, he, there's some version of Keenan here, and for some reason, his wife is dead. Yeah. <laughs> and they did an actually kind of funny thing where it shows like old clips of the show that he was on at the end. That was wacky. It yeah. wasn't the same kind of show then. No. And and but that was actually kind of funny. But yeah. it was like. Yeah, it didn't fit with the whole vibe of the rest of the show. No. They made it like 40% too emotional. I guess, but it also wasn't emotional at all. Like, I don't buy for a second that he he's like struggling with grief after his wife died. Yeah. What a weird pilot. Mm. Like, what, couldn't you have like delved into that maybe episode six? Yeah. You're right. Yeah, why does the first episode have to be about like <laughs> public to, apologies? Have to set the tone about the dead mother. I, well, because that is clearly the premise is he's like trying to be more open and be a more like uh, communicative family member. Yeah, I guess so. And they tried to establish like the wacky band of misfit side characters like Fortune Feimster is there and she doesn't blend at all. Right. And I forget the uh, Tammy, who's like his co-host, the blonde woman. Are we supposed to are we expected to believe that she thinks the basketball term is slam dink? Yeah. Because I feel so insulted. That was that was if I'm expected to believe that. That was troubling. Yeah. That was really troubling. It was. Um I I did like the he, at one point he says like I'm the Michael Jordan of like accepting uh tough emotional or I'm the, I'm the I'm the Michael Jordan of like accepting uh difficult emotional something. Is that what he says? I and and she's like Actually, I don't think Michael Jordan was good at that. Like his father died and he quit basketball. He's and, the Michael Jordan like, of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Wasn't very good. Wasn't. It was so also good. clearly written for, and I don't know if it's shot as a, a multicam, but it clearly was written for a studio audience. Yeah. And rather than just like laugh boxing it, they let it be ice cold. And that especially that cold open was so wanting for some laughter. You know what's funny is I convinced myself there was a laugh track. Nope. No laugh track. Weird. Nope. Yeah, that's going to I think just go away to Peacock. Yeah. I mean, it's going to get canceled. Yeah. Like I said, like I it's actually unfortunate. It's like his first thing besides Keenan and Key. I I guess <laughs> Keenan and Kel? Keenan and Kel. Kel. Yeah. Uh Keenan Peel, you're thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It, it is kind of too bad. And I, like, I love Keenan Thompson. Like, this is one of the most I- important and hilarious sketch comedians of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this wasn't it. And and like, there's lots of shows that I think I'm above. You know, in my own uh, consumer snobbery. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see anyone stooping to this because it's not believable. Being into it. Yeah. Oh, uh, so we don't give this our ass. No. Um, <laughs> but. Saw a trailer for Kevin Can Fuck Himself. Me did too. Did you see that? Yes, I did. I liked it. Yeah. I'm bummed. It looks a lot darker than I expected. Definitely. It looks like gritty as shit. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited by this. I, I really appreciated Emmy Award winner Annie Murphy. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. She might win the Golden Globe too. Like, it's very possible Shit's Creek is going to sweep at the Globes too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, unless Emily in Paris. <laughs> Sweeps in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, do you want to? Uh, you I guess recap I'll I'll, hotel I'll recap uh, the first episode of. I won't. I won't do a very good job. But uh, crime scene, the vanishing at Cecil Hotel, which by the way reminds me of you know forgetting Sarah Marshall. Sarah Marshall works on crime scene, scene of the crime. Right. That's what yeah. I think of when I see crime scene, and then a colon. Great poll by you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh. All right. You are going to be on the thirty second timer in three. Two, one, go. There's an old hotel, a really uh, 700 room hotel in like downtown Los Angeles where creepy stuff often happens. And there's a girl from Vancouver who's down there in Hollywood by herself and uh, she goes missing. Uh, They launch this whole crazy investigation to figure out uh, where she went uh, and they can't get to the bottom of it. But then there's that uh, cop killer guy which takes a bunch of the investigators away and it's down to just four investigators trying to find Elisa. They do have some elevator footage of her acting weird, but that's all they got. And there's also like a little bit of talking heads with this, this other couple. I'm not sure where they're from, but like also a young couple who are fascinated by the hotel. Yes. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you want me to go through the whole thing? Well, let's talk about 
because I don't have a whole lot of observations. I've got a lot written in front of me, but I think we can just talk about the pilot first and then maybe go forth. Because for much of it, I thought this documentary was overproduced and kind of sensationalized. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, just like a little... um, a little exploitative, but like I, I, I could see why people were into it. And then by the end of it, I too was kind of into it. Yep. Not to the extent that I'll watch more because I, I actually find it kind of scary. Yeah. But in that last five minutes when they just keep showing us the security footage of her in the elevator acting very strangely, yeah. like like walking in this strange box step in and out of the elevator. Yeah. And the elevator door is staying open for some reason. Right. And she keeps peeking out and looking down the hallway. And then eventually she just disappears and the elevator door finally closes. Yeah. That was some of the scariest things I've ever seen. (laughs) It was horrifying. It is very troubling. Yeah. You end up seeing it probably 400 times throughout the rest of the series. Yeah, I believe it. But um, yes, that. And then they introduce the whole web sleuth thing where. Right. He was brought in at the end. they, They show they release that tape, the elevator tape, and people start going crazy. Right. Like worldwide. Like, so it becomes happened? this this fascinating mystery. Totally. What happened to Elisa Lam? Okay. And uh and more detail is I mean lots of people of have like lots of people have either been killed or commit suicide at this hotel. It's not like the first eerie thing that's happened at this place. No. No, it's definitely the most followed thing. But right. but yeah, like there there had been a series of murders and and like you know uh, i think richard ramirez the night stalker mm. uh stayed there for a little bit and there were other killers and stuff too but for the most part it was like the kill the killings were like kind of crimes of passion like it was like drug dealers and and right stuff like that it's just like a tawdry place yeah um there's also a tumblr aspect to the show like the series opens with these voiceovers of what are i guess Alyssa's tumbler mm-hmm. um and then that kind of comes back around and is, is really that just to illustrate the fact that the web ultimately takes over the investigation of the case or is there more to i think it's mainly just kind of showing that she lived a very online life and people start going through her tumbler and like get to know her and want to like help her right like figure out what happened with her they so they're like trying to gain clues and stuff from like the web sleuths are trying to gain clues from her tumbler page yeah i couldn't and- decide if web sleuth is a cool thing to be or no, a deeply uncool thing definitely to be. not yeah you're and, right. and this kind of this yeah i feel like by the end of the show you kind of go like oh yeah no that's okay a little problematic well then let's let's talk about the rest if you think you're going to watch the four episodes because it's four episodes i think yeah if you're going to watch the rest of of cecil hotel maybe skip a few minutes down the way in the podcast but i'd like to know it is she dead is she gone did they find her she's dead yeah she's dead she's found in a um water container on the roof oh and so you know they're they're like well she's in the in the water container and she's naked um so people are like was she like raped and killed was anyways the autopsy comes back so wait a second there is a there is some some chit chat about somebody being found and looking like grimace from mcdonald's that's not who it is no, they say, yeah, that's just someone He was just giving some colorful story he knew. About someone dying on a bed and okay. like how gross it was. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so they find her and there's, the police falsely say that the the um, the top of the, the water container was put back on and it was like, well, how would she, why would she put right. the top the she container back on? She can't put back? it back on, no. But in the end, they find out, no, it actually wasn't. Like it was left open. Oh. And they inter- so that's that's kind of giving you the ending. So the reason she went in there in the first place, um, she was bipolar. Yeah, and she was the toxicology report shows like no no um nothing like no drugs, no alcohol, no drugs. But she was under medicated. Oh, and like her sister had spoken on her having like very, um you know, uh big issues with bipolar disorder. Why should she be allowed to go to? A foreign city by herself. This is a whole question. Yeah. That I, I, I had a conversation about that, actually. It's like, why did her parents let... Like, I understand they're being protective parents to not let her go, but, like, to to let a, a person with bipolar disorder go to a different city for the first time by themselves... Without the proper medication. Well, she had all the medication on her, but she was just, like, <clears throat> underdosing. Oh, okay. Um. 
so anyways, yeah, that that was a whole other element that I just thought was So is it just strange. is it just a coincidence that it happened at this hotel where there's already a reputation for for creepy stuff happening? Yeah. Or it is. Yeah. The, she um she Or did like, she like was she like suicidal? No, she wasn't seeking this the hotel out. Like it's it's one of those places right. and, and eventually you learn that it's it was actually called the Stay on Main. Like they tried to kind of give it a facelift. And um, even now it's open with a facelift. It's been renovated. You can stay there. Yeah. And, and I think they're, they're trying now to make it like super luxury apartments and half residential housing. That's mm. the other. Imagine weird... wanting to live there. There yeah. are people who chase that kind of thrill. Totally. And, and people started going after the Elisa lamb case. Like it, it went crazy. And there's, there's Ugh. a whole element of like a, a, a black metal um, singer that stayed there. And he's got songs about murder mm. and he's got so a song called like China and people are like, well, he, she was Chinese and he's talking about like murdering. It seems like a lead people. And yeah. And yeah. they end up like attacking him. And so like he's gets interviewed at one point and he's like breaking down on camera. Yeah. Being, like, Hey, <laughs> like I turned to Jen. I was like, Morbid's actually a pretty good guy. Morbid. <laughs> morbid is his name. <laughs> yeah. This poor Morbid just got caught up in the rat race. Yeah. And like in his videos, he, <laughs> like he's like a Mexican guy. His name's Pablo. And he's like, you know, like I didn't, I didn't mean to like, I definitely never killed anyone. I, right. Like my music is just music. And he's like, I can't even play my music anymore. My music isn't the same. So how long was she and missing? Never good, if there was like, if the, if this was such a widespread, uh, like, I don't want to call it a fan thing, but like if there were so many people getting involved over a long period of time, how long was she missing? I think it was like a three week period oh, okay. of time where she was missing. And then there was a long time after that, that it, like the trial and stuff, like one of the web sleuths goes to the trial and then he realizes like once the, the what once they realized the cap actually wasn't put back on mm. and she had bipolar disorder, There's no mystery. Anymore. Ev everyone like the, the documentary basically ends with everyone going, yeah, no, once we, uh, once we knew that she was actually, you know, uh, not a mentally well person at that point, we felt really bad. <laughs> Did that so. feel like uh, a deeply anticlimactic ending? For yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, it did. Especially Just a horrible accident from this person who yeah. had a host of issues. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. that's sad. It would, they use that as kind of like a narrative to tell the story for the rest of the hotel, which mm. there is some other interesting so stuff. So it's propaganda for why it's safe to stay at this Hotel Cecil? No, no, no. That, <laughs> Don't worry. It's it's more like, hey, this, this uh, hotel happens to have a lot of like crazy, murderous, scary history. Mm. And we're just going to kind of focus on this one story and tell multiple like offshoots from various LA historians and right. other people throughout. One thing I didn't understand about the investigation is like how, why they were so certain and they were right, I guess, but why they were so certain she hadn't left the hotel. They were like, well, she's in wherever she is. She's in the hotel. We need to turn the place inside out. There's 700 closets here. Let's open them all. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know. She could have gone out. Well, no, because they had, they had cameras at all the exits. That's the other thing. Is they're really weird about the cameras. You're like 40 minutes into the documentary and they're like, hang on. There are cameras in this place? Yeah. Yeah. And the the cameras in the 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 videos like dot like it jumps like at random points and stuff and mm. and people are really trying to analyze the timestamp and and they think it's like altered at first by the FBI. Like, no, why is anyone going to be altered? The hotel is is conspiring to how long before they were able to determine that she had bipolar disorder? Surely her family could tell them that. Yeah, I think that was pretty early. And on. I would also have to think uh, any like psychiatrist could look at the video of her and say, yeah, that's she has bipolar disorder. Eventually they do that. Yeah. And and she's like some of the like ways she's moving is yeah. like very on par and like even like that's really what sad. She did. Yeah. Really, because I watched that that elevator clip a lot today. Yeah, because it's a lot. It's in the show a lot, and I was like horrified by it but also kind of enthralled and now it's just, i'm just really feel sorry for and, it. and there was there apparently are like other theories that they didn't talk about in the show but apparently it's like a, a thing out there that there there's like this chinese theory that when you like hit a certain amount of buttons in a in an elevator and then walk outside you go into like a different world cool i wish which, which is kind of like yeah it's it's very a very fantastical thought well i thought it was an exploitative documentary before and now i think that even more so mm -hmm. yeah you know what's crazy is there's like a, a a slight turn at one point where they talk about um how there there was a a, a tuberculosis outbreak 
mm. in the Cecil Hotel. Okay. And it was like shortly after um I think she had died and the test for tuberculosis is actually called the and I kid you not this was the most fucked up part about the documentary the test name her name is Elisa Lamb the test name is straight up called the Lamb Elisa whoa it's literally her name the Lamb Elisa L A M why is it called that I have no idea I don't even think they explain that they're okay. just like it's just that's what it's called do you think she knew that on some level I don't know but like I don't think she would kill herself to Oh, I don't know. Show something about tuberculosis, which wasn't relevant at the time. It's not relevant. But but there was also like I uh she went to UBC and there was like a tuberculosis study there as well, <laughs> which people like started to anyways. Oh my God. Obviously people read so much into different parts of this. Well, and the other thing that's actually not relevant to the story, um, but I did get hung up on it in my recap, is the the Chris Dorner thing, the L.A. police officer. who Do you remember that guy in 2013? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, that, the big manhunt? I completely forgot about that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And that was all of like 30 seconds in the, or like, you know. Maybe but it does spent. matter because it's why ultimately the investigation gets kind of sidelined. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I did forget about that. And it's crazy. Notable that Ron Howard is like got yeah, his hands and in Brian this. Grazer. Which one's Brian Grazer? Not Brian Singer. No, Brian I, Singer's I know who Brian guy. Singer is. Yeah. Oh, Brian Grazer's the guy with the like kind of like long, spiky black hair. Okay. He partners with Ron Howard on a bunch of things. I think he's he runs DreamWorks, or is that Brian Singer? <laughs> well, no, Brian Singer doesn't run nothing nowadays. Um, Ron Howard runs Imagine. Yes. So are they involved together? I think in that? they're involved together. Okay. Um, I like Ron Howard, although he, this is not as rosy as his typical project. Seems like a strange thing for him to take on. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. I. You know what? I don't give it my ass. I kind of. I kind of was like into the last, the second half of the first episode, but yeah. I was just like, this bums me out. You know what? I don't blame you. I yeah. watched the whole thing, and I'm kind of like, it, it's there was nothing else on. Right. And I, I haven't watched a lot of documentary series in the last couple of years. We mm-hmm. talked about this recently. Yeah. Um. But when when one gets me, it's 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 really exciting, and I just don't think this was it. What was the last one to really get you? Um, I don't know. See, this, I, this, I can't think. This of This is the thing. Documentaries don't really stick with me. Yeah. The quite. Jinx was good for me. That was. Oh yeah. You, you told me about that though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's gone now. I mean, it was so big that it was like kind of parodied on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I heard a really good uh, Dawson's Creek joke. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. So. You know how everyone knows that the area code for Beverly Hills is 90210? Mm-hmm. Do you know what the Dawson's Creek uh, area code is? No. 90108. <laughs> That's great. I know. That is fantastic. So I'm rounding the bend. Yeah, you must I'm be pretty close the finish to the line. End. I think we have nine left. Okay. And I had a thought, if you will indulge me. Okay. This is not. I don't think we've ever done this on the show show, but maybe we did once or twice. Okay. Since you have listened to so many Creek updates over the last six months, yep. would it be fun when I arrive at the series finale to do a show show about the pilot and finale of Dawson's Creek? Okay, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll And I'll just try to piece together. I'm not yeah. going to do any like serious research. No, don't. I think we can just... You know a yeah. lot anyway, as it turns out. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, it'll be an int- it'll be quite a stark contrast. <laughs> yes, it will one hundred percent be. What do you what do you think about the show on the whole? Now, are you still still a big fan? I love the show. Yeah, but it jumped the shark so long ago. Yes. like it seems like the whole final third really sucks. Yeah, and maybe it comes back in the final ten. My uh, the Creek podcast I listen to kind of implies that it gets it back in the final run. I'm really hoping that's true because there's like a thirty episode stretch where. It's just such a pain in the so ass. Bad. And the, and a big issue is that they've brought in so many characters that they will sideline main characters you care about for a long amount of time. Yeah. Like Michelle Williams has barely been in it for the last 10 episodes. And she is so by far the best character in the show. Yeah. And it's really Joey's Creek now. <laughs> yes. It, like he's barely Dawson. He's he is a, a, a Hollywood director now that happened recently right um oh my god so what he's a fucking turn it's crazy it's not he's not available to be in the show all the time mm-hmm. um but you know what i still love it 
and I'll be sad when it's over. There you go. We'll talk about that down I the can't road. wait to watch. I can't wait to contrast these two. Okay. It's going to be so ridiculous. It's going to be fun because there are so many like cargo shorts in the first episode. They're yeah. just like little babies. Right. And then they're... Hollywood okay. directors. Well, the Hollywood directors. And also the, the actors are very famous by the end too. Yeah. That's also a fun thing to contrast in, in a pilot versus a finale is like how much the lifestyles of these icons have changed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 in. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, I look forward to that. I think that's our podcast. I read a thing this week about um, Will Smith remembering his son, Trey, who's 28 now, but on his 16th birthday, Trey asked for no birthday presents because he had everything he could ever want. And instead, he wanted his friends and family to donate gifts to the children's hospital. And this made Will cry. Oh, man. And it's pretty hard to, to bag on that story. Mm-hmm. But it's not like Will gave away his birthday presents. No, Trey he, did. He was crying because he wanted those presents. Yeah, he wanted that Lego. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, it's, that's really the moral here is that Trey miraculously turned out to be a gentleman. That's right. In, in spite of... And and that made Will Smith cry. Right. He's like, he's not supposed to be like this. <laughs> they didn't raise you to be no softy. <laughs> you know how Will Smith talks? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell the truth. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. <laughs>